Hello, stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take any topic that is related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So as of June the 21st, aka Summer Solstice, the sun had shifted from the fun and very communicative sign of Gemini into the sun, the sun sign of Cancer. So we all know what that time is. Yep, it is Cancer season. And actually, this week is a special sort of episode because we've come back full circle. Um, there was actually around this time last year, I actually started off with Leo season. And um, yeah, it's coming back full circle. So that th this is actually quite nice as well. So unfortunately, this will be my last, you know, zodiacal seasons. But, with, you know, in place, I think what I will also start to do are some predictions in the future. Um, you know, kind of like looking at the chart of the moment within each uh, you know season. And then seeing like which trends to kind of look out for uh, when it comes to that particular chart of the moment. So definitely stay tuned. Like I said, I still have bigger and better ideas that are that are to come. But for tonight, we're going to be covering cancer season. Uh, what sort of key themes, what sort of key traits we're kind of looking at when it comes to the season and how that's going to affect relationships. One thing to note before I begin, uh, as of this week as well, something to kind of keep in mind, Saturn started to go, well, it didn't start to go retrograde this week. I think it was around like last week, the week before, but we are now in Saturn retrograde as well. So kind of really restructuring our structures and also, you know, making nice, again, you know, a planet of karma, making nice wherever um, ends need to meet. It is actually stuck firmly in the sign of Pisces. So I would also say um, when it comes to karma related to compassion, karma related to spiritual matters, um, I think that might also be another key theme that kind of shows up within uh, this particular retrograde season. Also, I think it's just, it, it kind of goes, like as I've mentioned in Saturn, the Saturn retrograde episode, I think it kind of goes without saying that, you know, it, it's the it's one of the first planets to go retrograde before one of the personal planets go retrograde. I think we're going to be expecting Venus retrograde as of the 22nd of July. So kind of beginning of, of Leo season. Um, so definitely, definitely, if you guys have not checked out the Venus retrograde episode, Definitely do so, and hopefully those tips, um, the tips that I give in Venus Retrograde are extremely helpful uh, for this season as well, too. Um, so definitely a couple of different things going on up in the heavens, and I mean also Pluto it has gone retrograde since May the 1st, so um, we're definitely having a lot of, lot of stuff going on as well, too. Also, stay tuned for next week. We'll be covering Pluto retrograde since we're in the midst of that right now as well. So getting right into cancer season. Um, so when it comes down to cancer season, I wanted to switch things up just a little bit. I, I know it's like the, the last episode on all the seasons, and now I'm switching things up a little bit, but my rationing, my rationing, I feel, is quite 
sound in this regard. You know, the regard is, it seems like every cancer season, I see these two themes particularly that crop up when it comes to people and relating. Especially last year, I saw this in extremes. And I think it might have been heightened political fervor, especially when Roe v. Wade was overturned. And, you know, gentlemen, I'm just going to say, last year, you didn't really present your gender very well. And unfortunately, with this, uh, the beginning of cancer season, what I've been seeing are some of the same attributes repeating. So the two archetypal themes that I'm talking about are um, souped-up emotions and isolationism. So I'm going to go off with the first. So with, within cancer season, Cancerians are known to be in touch with their emotions and also known to be in touch with their more intuitive side, more their inner realms, so to speak. However, where I kind of see this happening, and again, we'll be discussing this a bit later, is really kind of like taking a minute, um, you're kind of seeing where the emotions lie or seeing like how you feel and seeing like which emotions light up which chakra areas and really just kind of seeing like just where things, where the feelings are kind of going in the body as opposed to just being, um, well, gee, I'm getting in touch with my emotions, so I'm going to be really unpleasant with you today. You know, um, again, I, I point this out, the souped up emotions, because I remember last year, a lot of people went without thinking, you know, they went out of the house, just kind of reacting the whole entire time. They reacted to just about everything that kind of came their way, as opposed to actually, you know, kind of working things out a little bit and then kind of also leaving room for some rational thinking. Uh, this was very apparent when I was in my last position and I ended up getting a bunch of customers giving me just death threats out of nowhere because they didn't get their way. So the biggest thing that I would recommend for cancer season, because I'm seeing this on repeat, I'm seeing repeat, you know, wash, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, you know, really when, if you are feeling a certain nasty way. And I mean, a lot of things can definitely contribute to that. It seems like with cancer season, we tend to get distressing news. We tend to get distressing situations either at work, either at home, within our family. And it's understandable to have a reaction with that. However, um, you know, don't go out of the house until things are resolved a little bit more. And even if it means you have to take a couple of seconds, you have to take a couple of minutes to just kind of calm yourself down to where you can still think like a rationing adult and then venture out into the world um, or just kind of venture out into the world and try to make do there. Um, I think it's a huge mistake and I know I'm guilty at times myself of this, but I think it's a huge mistake of just, you know, you're souped up and then you walk out of the house or like, say you just, you, you feel like a walk's going to help you. But then what ends up happening in the end is that you start like snapping at people or you start biting people's heads off or you start, you know, as in my case, as in my situation, you go somewhere and you're threatening somebody's life or you're just, you're just reacting out of control. 
because like I said, you're re- you're just going with the heart that the, the heart motions and not really with the head. And, you know, again, just, uh, just really, I would just say just really figuring things out before going out of the house would be the best protocol on that one. And also, you know, with cancer season, I don't know why. Well, like I said, again, the souped up emotions too. I just feel like a lot of people have taken pride in being kind of mindless a lot of the time. And, you know, I think what cancer season usually challenges us is that, you know, we, we don't have to live that way. You know, being more mindful of our emotions, I think, is really more the challenge as opposed to just acting mindlessly and blindly and in whatever rage we happen to be in um, because X, Y, and Z stirred us. Also, I kind of feel like with cancer season, there's a lot of excuses of, you know what, I'm in a souped up emotional state because you caused it. No, I think we need to take that all back as well. External influences only affect, you know, we actually give meaning to the external influences. No one actually literally causes anything. You know, like I said, unless somebody's putting a spell on you, unless somebody's putting a curse on you, no one really controls anything at this time. I think really you're the one in control. You're the one who's choosing to react to this external stimuli. You're the one who's choosing to react to someone else. You're the one who's choosing to emotionally, you know, go, you know, become unhinged at something that somebody has done. And um, again, being more mindful of all of these things, you know, like being more mindful of how you react to external stimuli, not having everything just trigger you all of a sudden, you know, controlling yourself enough to really kind of um, hamper, I don't want to say kind of hamper that down, but to kind of get a little more control over you. So that you're not just acting in a blind rage all the time out in the middle of the street. Um, like I said, I'm not preaching too much about to anybody um, because sometimes I'm really guilty of this. Sometimes I feel super disrespected, especially when I go on walks or uh, super disrespected with life um, in general, especially now. Um, I'm also not only am I... Uh, sun and Leo, moon and Libra, but also I've discovered my true Enneagram type, which is a type one, the perfectionist. And there are just times where I just want things to stay put in one place. I just want people to act accordingly, like not following behind me, not crowding me out, just act accordingly, act within proper societal codes. And I know that that's not reasonable. Um, having to drop my standards I have to say with this cancer season, one thing that's really been glaring, a glaring error for me, I, and I noticed I've been acting on the shadow sides of cancer myself. Um, but one thing that has been really tricky and tough for me is to just relax my standards. I know I need to do it. I'm doing my best to do so, but it is very hard. And I think that kind of, I, I mentioned this because I feel like this could be a key theme amongst all of us during cancer season. We want, you know, cancer, you know, cancerians, they're not necessarily perfectionists, so to speak. 
Um, they like things being in proper form. They kind of like things to be in a working order to kind of promote flow and harmony in their environments, especially in their home environment. But, um, you know, when anything disrupts that harmony, that's where they kind of go off the rails. I would probably say, you know, challenge yourself. What exactly causes the emotional frothiness if you've experienced this this year? And if what whatever it is, see if you can try to let go. Like I have to let go of high standards myself. But see if you can let go of whatever might be causing that. You know, if it's a perceived threat from somebody outside of you. Um, if it is, you know, a situation where you just came out of the house, you're already wound up or somebody's maybe re-triggering something in you as well too. explore those triggers, explore what's going on and seeing if you can just try to let go of that baggage, which I think is also big with Cancerian season. Cancerians hold on to a lot of baggage as well. And that's one of their key life lessons is to just let it all go, let it all kind of get out of there especially in the heart center, especially in their feeling center. So I think that might be a good key theme and a good challenge for us all. So again, getting in touch with our emotional realm doesn't mean frothed up emotions or getting frothy in emotions doesn't mean like, gee, it's cancer season. I blame that. No, it's how can we let go? Obviously we're getting frothed up. There's something we're holding on to. What can we let go? What sort of baggage can we let go in order to be free and in order to act and behave properly within society. The other thing that I also saw in excess, especially last year, was a sense of isolationism. Now, I know that with cancers, they love to um, really cultivate home. You know, what is home to them, whether home be in the heart um, kind of like with the Buddha, where he, I kind of wonder if the Buddha actually did have some aspects in cancer. Because one thing that he did mention, I just felt that was very Cancerian, um, was that he he had once said that wherever, you know, you, your heart, if you're secure with inside your heart, home should be wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're actually in your literal home, or if you might be in the middle of a field, home is wherever your heart happens to be, that the state of your heart inside, which I think is a beautiful quote. I think that that's very, very Cancerian, um, very, can you know, very um, appropriate for this season. But um, I know with uh, Cancerians, because of this comfort, you know, whether this comfort is in their heart and they, they're, they're at home anywhere, but in their heart, that because their heart's their true home, or whether it's a literal brick and mortar establishment, but sometimes they become home buddies. And sometimes they can become a little too obsessed with what's comfortable that they kind of stay in their comfort zone. And that's where with, within can, you know, Cancerian individuals, so those who have sun, their sun, their moon, um, any sort of major aspects in cancer, you know, um, they're usually challenged to break free of confines that are comfortable or that are perceived as comfortable. The way that I saw the too much comfort last year was that people could have even just been walking like in the park 
you say hello to them or you interact with them, they're kind of scowling at you. Like, you know, you were some, you, you grew five heads and they want nothing to do with you. I'm kind of seeing this again this year where people are just getting stuck inside themselves. And it kind of goes uh, along with the frothed up emotions where it's like you get really frothy to where you're not thinking clearly. And then you're saying something that you're going to regret. You're doing something that you're going to regret. Um, you know, I think with isolationism, it's kind of like the beginnings. It's like the frothed up emotions kind of cause people to feel sheltered inside themselves. And the biggest thing that I also saw last year with the isolationism is really, yeah, it's me against the world. You know, that this whole mentality of it's me against the world or there's me and then there's a separate space and then there's you. You don't come in any space with me. Now, this could be the Leo in me, but stargazers, when it comes to isolationism, such as that, especially when it's me against the world, I feel like you are screw you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're screwing yourself up for any sort of success. Because in this world and in this life, you know, who we meet can kind of really help us to succeed on our path and can really help us to manifest what we're looking for on our path. You know, if you kind of think about guardian angels don't just exist in the ether, you know, don't just exist with auras or in the ethereal realm. Guardian angels are also here on earth. And sometimes that friend or that person who's just super helpful and just makes you feel like at home, really safe, really warm, they could be your guardian angel and they can help you manifest what you need in your life. And to completely shut yourself down and to wall yourself off from other people, I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot. I feel like you're shooting a lot of good opportunities and you're, you're kind of scaring away good opportunities and you're kind of sabotaging yourself in the whole long term. I also just find that when it comes to isolationism, this me against the world, that's such a martyrdom sort of complex. That's just, that's just, just such a martyr sort of mindset. Um, cancer season challenges us. You know, while Cancerians can be martyrs and really make people feel bad for doing something that they're not comfortable with, you know, I think the real challenge with Cancerians is to accept whatever is going on, to accept what is. You know, somebody is changing um, space, like if there's um, a, a, they're a young son or young daughter who's going to go travel the world, instead of guilting that son or daughter to stay home instead, you know, that the real challenge of cancer is to let their son and daughter go, you know, to accept that change, to embrace that change. And I feel like when you're walled off and you're isolated, you're not really embracing a lot of change. Again, you're still shooting yourself in the foot. I'd say open up a lot more. Embrace those changes, whatever's going on in your life. The more that you adapt, the more that you embrace those changes, the more that you're going to swim with the tide, the more that you're going to be able to go with the flow, the more that things are going to open up for you. Okay, the more that you stay stubbornly stuck and isolated and resistant, the less of what's going to happen to you. You're not going to manifest a lot in your life. You're not going to accomplish a lot in your life. 
And, you know, be open to meeting new people within the season. People really, like I said, they help us to where we, we need to go. And even if we don't have a particular place that we want to go in our lives, meeting new people, it, it never hurts. You know, when there, when there's new people, it's, it's always, it's always a good thing to meet new people. You know, it's always a good thing to be more social. It's always more, it's always a good thing to just be um, more connected all the way around as opposed to just being so isolated in your own little box, in your own little world and set of blinders on. I mean, it's just, nothing works within that state at all. So I think really what can, you know, two things that Cancerian season um, is really challenging us when it comes to relationships is really, let's watch our emotions this season. Let's make sure we're not just acting in the heart realm and just the heart realm. Let's make sure we're acting with both what, what Buddhists call some mind, you know, heart as well as mind. And then um, what I would also, again, what's also ch- a challenge is really to embrace change um, above and beyond all. Dump what no longer serves you. And I think the biggest thing too, embrace, ch- you know, again, embrace the change, meet new people. Embrace the change, meet new circumstances. And, you know, really um, accept that, yes, home is a place where you can definitely go for comfort, definitely go for safety. But also, you know, home can be really experiencing life, getting out there in life and experiencing new things that can be comfortable or that can become comfortable. And really, you know, meeting new people along the way who can also become part of your friend group, who can also become a support group that can be very comfortable as well. So I just, like I said, switched up. I thought I'd cover those shadow sides because like I said, I'm seeing people already fall into this. Yours truly also included. I'm not exempt from this, but I feel like this is where a lot of things went wrong last year. And I just also felt like there was a lot of lessons with the things that go wrong. And I feel like there's a lot of great profound lessons within cancer of um, what challenges us. But since we took care of the shadow side, that's all nice and done with, let's go ahead and take a look at the general side. So Cancerians. um, So unlike Gemini, where Gemini is like between two to five years of age, they're starting to learn, you know, it's basically where a child likened to where a child starting to learn how to speak and starting to learn how to talk. Cancer, I would say, is probably around six years of age. Um, that age where we're starting to learn how to share, how to share toys, how to share material objects. But I would say it extends to about, about like 11 or 12, uh, where we're starting to learn not only how we relate to people, so our Venus placement starting to kind of unfold. That's kind of interesting, you know, that our Venus placement starting to unfold at this age because um, Cancer is also ruled by the moon. Moon and uh, Venus are both assessed very heavily within Sinistry Astrology. They both play a very heavy importance within relationships. But also with Cancer, um, it's really how to share our resources, a lot of the Cancerians that I've known in my life are very prominent people. My aunt being one, um, actually my aunt was a beautician 
for so many years, actually back in the day when we used to call cosmetologists beauticians. Um, but she's a cosmetologist, um, definitely also a beautician. And she actually encouraged me since I was at a very young age to pursue the realm of hair because I did a lot of creative things with my hair at that age, which is kind of nice. But I, I didn't really pursue it till I was in my 30s. But within my 30s, I do remember that she was the one family member who, away from my immediate family, who actually supported me. And whereas the, the rest of the family was supportive of my other cousin, who's more the favorite and who was also going for her cosmetology license, um, my aunt actually encouraged my the rest of my family to give me a shot. And also um, encouraged my family, you know, immediate family members who are reticent to get a haircut from me to trust me because I'm getting the necessary training involved in barbering school to help execute a proper haircut. Um, so, I, you know, like I said, the fact that, you know, I mentioned my aunt because, I mean, she really not only shared a resource, but again, I kind of feel like with Cancerians, when in their light, which for most of us, it's, it's like most of the time, every now and then. And again, we kind of get into our shadow, especially if we're in an unhealthy place in life. But with my aunt, you know, she, what I would see is that, you know, Cancerians have a, like a really huge heart. And it seems like they give a piece of their heart or they give a piece of themselves to the community every day. It was the same with another prominent person, my manager um, within my first barbering position. She's a cancer as well, too. And I remember she used to take new people right under her wing and make sure that they'd succeed, you know, as much as they possibly could. You know, there were always certain customers that it was very tricky, but, you know, she made sure that we all succeeded as much as we possibly could. Um, so I think like in their right light, you know, again, um, when they're healthy, Cancerians can be, like I said, they can have a really incredible, huge heart and they're very giving of resources. The one thing that I do recommend for those who have any sort of aspect in cancer. So whether that is your sun, your moon, your ascendant, Mercury or Venus, or even Mars in cancer, make sure that your resources are not being depleted. Make, make sure that you do set boundaries uh, for people, especially who have the gimme gimmies all the time. You know, people who are kind of like users, make sure to set boundaries, um, make sure that your boundaries are respected when it comes down to that. And make sure that um, you get some time away from people, from giving all the time. Uh, kind of similar recommendations uh, with the Enneagram Type 2 personality, um, where basically they're, they're literally called the givers, where they like to give and give and give all the time in their lives, but they leave very little room for themselves and also deplete their battery they kind of deplete themselves. They kind of move towards burnout in life because they're not really, um, or they feel resentment um, because they're not really giving themselves a lot of room. So for Cancerians, give yourself a lot of good space. Give yourself a lot of good me time. When it is time to go at work and somebody gives you a last minute request, don't be just willing to roll over and do that. If somebody's giving a last minute request, it's like, nope, that's going to have to wait until the morning. When I'm here, that's going to have to wait for another day. I need to go home to my family. 
I need to go home and do whatever it is I need to do. It doesn't matter if you have a family or not. doesn't matter what it is. What you need to do on your own time is your own time. And that is your time and your time only. You need to be able to cut yourself off from the rest of stuff that's going on as well too. So establishing some me time and also being able to give. I, I think that me time will definitely recharge your batteries to where you could give more in the future. I, I just, I think that that's a, that's a really good incentive as well too, because a lot of people think of me time as being selfish time. It's like, no, it kind of recharges your batteries so that you can give more in the next day, or you can give more in any particular circumstance. It doesn't have to be with work. It could just be within the family dynamic. It can be within your friendship dynamics. You know, definitely, definitely take that time. But I think synastry wise, what cancer really challenges us to do is that we're moving from, even though we're in the me side of the zodiacal wheel, we're starting to shift a little bit because when it comes to Leo season, we start to get more from me to you. And I find that cancer is also that transitory sign as well from me to you. Um, I think with cancer, uh, really the way that it's me to you is really the caring side, the nurturing side of cancer. You know, again, having that big heart, giving of resources, sharing of resources. I feel like we are all challenged to do that more during this season. You know, um, I think that we can give in small ways. You know, if you've noticed that your significant other or that the person who you're dating is like, say, they admire Jane Austen, they really wish that they had Mr. Darcy in their life, they wish it often, or they really want Mr. Knightley in their life, they've, you've heard them say it often, you know, like on that date or when you're going out to dinner. The, you know, the little, I think if you want to bulk, uh, before you go out to dinner, before you go out on the date, first and foremost, if you do want to bulk up and uh, read one of Jane Austen's novels and see what exactly the hoopla is all about, that, that you know, guys, that actually can make you kind of like a, a woman magnet. It can also really add to your, your peel. And on top of which, I mean, it might seem like it's really daunting to become like Mr. Darcy because Mr. Darcy was created by a woman's mind and a woman's fantasy. So it can kind of seem a little daunting at first because it was created by a woman and it's not always realistic. However, um, and it's very, you know, they're very Neptune oriented, but, um, you know, if you can try to embody the chivalry that they embody within their novels and do like the, the littlest things. I think just like the littlest things can go a long way. Such so as like opening the car door for your significant other before she goes into the car. Maybe, um, you know, holding the door when you go to the restaurant, maybe um, kind of pulling out the chair a little bit. Maybe taking her coat for her if she has a coat. You know, little actions such as those things, I think, can go a long way to give. And I think conversely for women with guys, 
you know, doing little things that can, and not just women to guys. I mean, also if there are same sex partnerships as well, you know, with, you know, we're talking about men to women or women to women, but also with men to men or or women to men as well too. I think I might've mixed that up a little bit, but with women to men, also with maybe men to men, um, you know, really kind of, um, embody, like if they're, if a guy is requesting that you're being a, you know, like kind of a mixture of Jessica Rabbit and Betty Boop, you know, as much as that can be also very Neptunian, just as much as Mr. Mr. Darcy, Mr. Knightley, I, I would also just say, you know, maybe there can be an intimate moment where you can express the Jessica Rabbit side. Maybe there can be um, a moment where you can kind of study Betty Boop a little bit, or maybe Jessica Rabbit, like what other qualities would be desirable in the situation other than sex and sex appeal? Um, what other qualities do they have? And maybe embodying those qualities for your partner. Um, I, I would just say like kind of giving in little ways can, like I said, go a long way within the relationship. And I know this can seem rather daunting and this can seem rather challenging, but again, I think the more that we can kind of work outside of our comfort zone, the more that we learn within this, um, within this season. And it can be very challenging to do this, but I think the more that we can learn when it comes to relationships, and I think the more that we can grow when it comes to relationships to do what we're not really that comfortable with. All right. So along with nurturing and caring and being there for the people that we love and care for, cancer is ruled by the moon. So really with cancer being ruled by the moon, I kind of feel like they embody their ruling planet in the regard that sometimes they can be really out of their shell. They're not as shy. They're not as reserved. And they can really be out in the world, out and about in the world. No problems. Kind of like with the full moon. However, like with the new moon, they can also be very withdrawn or suddenly be very withdrawn, not really willing to interact with people, just kind of getting in touch with their own inner emotions. Um, And this is where I kind of touched on this a little bit with the shadow sides, like getting in touch with their own inner emotions, kind of listening and being more aware of their feelings and where they settle. Um, being more aware of their intuition, what that's kind of telling them when it comes to certain situations. So um, how this relates, I feel, is um, within relationships. Um, and I, the recommendation that I gave in the shadow side of cancer came from Mind, Body, Love, that the podcast, um, Mind, Bo- Mind, Body, Love. I actually listened to it on Pandora this last week. But uh, really just kind of listening to our emotions and just seeing, you know, it's, it's basically, uh, it was along the lines with Cindy Dale's, like when we listen to our emotions, we heal our subtle bodies. Um, we kind of activate our chakras a little bit more and we kind of listen to our body and heal it a little bit better. Um, I think really in essence with cancer season, when it comes to relationships, kind of being mindful of the emotional realm, if it is being activated in the relationship. You know, sometimes there are individuals who will, you know, just kind of operate from their head, operate from their logic, not really a lot from their heart, and really maybe engaging the heart a bit more. 
There are others who get hyper-emotional, especially this season. And I would just say, again, with the emotions and especially within the relationship, see where they reside. See how, not only just see how they feel, but before you express them, see where they reside. See what you can do where, if where they reside might, you know, correlate to particular chakras. Maybe those particular chakras are blocked. Maybe you need to actually express what those particular chakras are embodying. Like, for example, um, when I'm feeling joy, that comes from the heart chakra. And it makes sense because the heart chakra is all about joy, all about love, all about peace, all about relating with other people, making good connections. When I'm angered, however, that resonates more with the third chakra. Again, that makes sense. The Manipra chakra, that's where we're dealing with power issues of ego, of power, of boundaries, of needing to set boundaries. Maybe if you're seeing this like reside, you know, the anger residing in the third chakra, maybe expressing boundaries or maybe creating boundaries might be a good thing to do. Maybe you're overextending yourself. And maybe there's a constructive way, you know, before you open your mouth and express something you can't really take back, um, you know, try to express this constructively. You know, see how you can challenge yourself to try to express this constructively. And also with other emotions, see how you can express particular emotions constructively. You know, maybe there's something else the body is craving. Maybe there's something else your emotions are pointing out to you that you might not be very mindful of. I think that the more that you can kind of focus on being constructive and being healing, not only to your body, but I feel like that can prepare a lot of relationships from the get-go of, you know, communication problems, some relating problems. I think like heavy emotions can also cause some relationship problems. Um, you know, like relating on an intimate, more, more intimate level. Um, so it can help to alleviate the more, the less of the intimacy. It can help to just alleviate, like I said, a lot of different relationship problems that could come up during this particular season. And I feel like that's what cancer season is really all about is learning from our emotions, learning from our intuition, learning to listen to those guys a little bit better, as opposed to just indulging. Um, you know, when we indulge, like I said, that's where the intimacy issues and a lot of the relationship issues tend to come out. So um, I would just say definitely take a look at that. I think also with the moon um, aspect of cancer, cancerians go full deep. They plumb the depths of their ocean. They don't, they're not surface at all. And I would say in relationships, learn to, you know, do not be afraid to go deep into the relationship. Do not be afraid. I think with Cancerian season, it's do not be afraid to get a little intimate. Do not be afraid to be honest. Do not be afraid to communicate, you know, kind of like what we learned last season. Do not be afraid to communicate. Do not be afraid to relate, you know, to relate to your partner um, a little bit more. You know, again, um, this is not a very frou-frou or very surface sort of season. Unfortunately, for those who are casually dating, again, you might have to go back to those lists of what you could live with because um, cancer season, it's more than just casual relationships. Um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of plumbing the depths a little bit more. 
So along with being more um, giving, along with plumbing the depths and being really deep and getting really intimate or just like really getting very deep and really relating and relating on a deeper level, the other factor with cancer seasons is that they also rule the fourth house, which also rules that of family. And I think that this is a season where we not only can establish family for ourselves, so if we're looking to have children, for instance, um, within a marriage, or we're looking to just have children in general, um, this is a great season to kind of discuss uh, the factors of that. But I think this is also a great season to um, extend relationships to family, you know, not just have it be coworkers or someone who are married to or friendship groups. It's, you know, again, um, checking with our family and seeing how they're doing, um, really kind of keeping tabs on our family and seeing how they're doing. And um, really just overall just showing that we, we're still here, we still care, and that we're, we're still listening as well, because you never know how much time you have on earth. Uh, to kind of speak personally on this one, um, it took a bit of a tragedy for me uh, to kind of understand this within this season, beginning of the season. One of my favorite actors, Julian Sands, if you're not familiar, um, I would say check out the Warlock movies. He was actually missing. I didn't know that he was missing for six months. He hiked a very um, dangerous trail in California back in January. Uh, one that's notorious for being icy on the on its path and being really snowy and uh it was thought that maybe his remains were found so i'm hoping that it was not his remains i'm hoping that maybe it's kind of like um the tom hanks movie castaway i'm i'm hoping like it's it's castaway where you know he is somewhere where he's still alive you know, if it's even if it's complete with something like you know Wilson the volleyball, that that would be um you know like I said that would be awesome. But what would be even more awesome is maybe if he's still alive somewhere, and maybe if he was able to truck it out and survive, and not have a situation where it it could have been um, a tragedy. But uh, one thing that it pointed out for me, I, I first off it kind of it caused me to you know, do a double take when it came to everything I hold near and dear to my life. But also, um, it really kind of emphasized what David Bowie's death and Alan Rickman's death and Prince's death, you know, um, also George Michael. There's There are quite a number of notables who had passed on, especially in 2016. But uh, it kind of reiterates that you know, we should really connect with those who are with us at this particular time and, you know, really make sure that we're connecting with loved ones as they're still living because you just don't know the time that you have. And I mean, it's wild with Julian Sands. I think he was like 65. Um, I thought he was a little bit older, but yeah, he was 65 years old, which is incredibly young in my view, but like I said, you just don't know what sort of time that you have with people. And I think what David Bowie kind of encouraged me to love others, despite 
anything, you know, despite differences, to love my family despite differences. But I think with Julian Sands, it's honing that in just that much more. It's reeling it in just that much more. So um, again, with this cancer season, uh, check in. I would just say relate to those who are still here, relate to those who still care about you or to those who you consider to be family and uh, make sure, like I said, that you guys are having a solid connection and that you guys are a-okay. I think more than anything, checking in and seeing if everyone is a-okay. Well, Stargazers, um, I do hope that this episode on cancer season was very informative. Um, above all, I would just you know, always recommend, as always, every week, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. If nothing else, if this um, Saturn retrograde season and this Pluto retrograde season, if it's getting to you, it's a great mindful break, if nothing else. But we do have a new moon. Actually, she's kind of half, coming, leaning towards half full with the moon. Uh, we, we're getting up to a half full moon. Uh, we were in a waning, we, we, sorry, not waning. We were in a um, new moon. And it's kind of helping to illuminate the sky a little bit. There is a planet in the western half, the western hemisphere as well, too. It's shining very brightly within the evenings. Very beautiful. But, you know, even if you're not, um, you know, even if, whether or not you're looking for planets or whether or not you're looking for major things in the sky, you know, just uh, you're looking at our origins of astrology with the 12 zodiacal signs. And above all, like I said, you're taking a good old mindful break. It's always it's always nice to see what's what's just up there. And above all, stargazers, especially within this cancer season, uh, please be well. Um, especially um, coming up here um, soon, please, uh, like I said, with uh, the retrograde planets, please continue to be well and please be careful. And above all, between now and next week, I will talk to you then. If you have any questions or comments for Sandra Misek, you can reach her at Misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com. At our Instagram page, at Sandra.Misek. Again, that is M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $2 a month, you can become a Patreon to this podcast. Please visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.